Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Conshohocken Vineyard Church. I'm Teresa Moyer, and I'm the associate pastor here, for those of you who don't know me. Um, I just want to say that some people will really go out of their way to avoid shoveling their driveways. Our pastor went to Bolivia to get... <laughs> to get away from having to shovel his driveway. Now, um, Rich, our pastor Rich, and his pastoral apprentice, Liam, I have to take off my new glasses because I can't see everything. Do you like my new glasses? Yeah, okay. Uh, anyway, they're in, they're in Bolivia, and they're there doing several things. Um, and we, we're going to pray for them at the end of my little introduction here, but these are the things that Rich and Liam, some of the things that they're going to be doing. They're going to be connecting with a pastor from a vineyard in Des Moines who's interested in helping partner with the Bolivian partnership. Rich is over, oversees all of the churches in South America, but he's the director over the Bolivian partnership. And so this person may be joining, this church may be joining to help support these churches. Uh, there's also a church in Bolivia that wants to join the vineyard. This is very exciting. So Rich is going to help get them connected to the vineyard. They're going to go and minister in prayer to a woman who works at the Judaque Orphanage. Do you remember learning about this at Christmas, those of you who are here, there's an orphanage down there that we help support, which deals with only disabled children. And I got the opportunity to visit it. It's quite an amazing place. But boy, it's like the hardest job on the planet. So they're going to go minister to um, a woman who's working there. And then they're going to spend some time with friends who are deeply grieving the death of one of their pastors. So uh, we will keep them in prayer as they continue to travel. Um, essentially, they're going to encourage, strengthen, comfort, guide. It's an apostolic missionary journey. <gasps> and welcome to our newest little member. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, so anyway, what Rich is doing is one of the things we get to do as his kids, right? To go and share the gospel with the world. And Liam is going to explore how he's gifted. You know, Rich, we know, is gifted for these tasks. He's been discovering his gifting for a long time. Liam is a young man trying to discover his giftings. So he's shadowing Rich in everything he does to try to discern what God might be calling him to do. And that kind of connects us to the sermon series we've been doing, which is called Getting Into Shape. Not getting into physical shape, but getting into the shape that God has created us to do the things he's called us to do on the planet. Two weeks ago, Rich preached on how we are shaped on purpose for a purpose, and that purpose is to bring God's kingdom rule and reign to the earth and expand it through the earth. And last week, he talked about how God never wastes our hurts. That's one of my favorite sayings. God never wastes our pain. But he uses it to transform our lives into the shape he needs us to be, particularly for the next seasons and where he's taking us. How many folks here attended the shape class a few weeks ago? Raise your hand. Great. How many of you have attended it in the past? Okay, so everybody who's taken shape, raise your hands. That's a lot of people. That's fantastic. I'll tell you what, that class turned my life completely upside down. About 10 years ago, when we started planting this church, my husband and I were just so happy to have a vineyard church in Conshohocken because we lived right over the side of that hill. And the church that we loved, which was also a vineyard, was about a 35-minute commute many times a week 
because we served, which we loved to do. So we were out there for worship rehearsals. We were out there for prayer meetings. We were out there to prep for teaching. We were small group leaders. I mean, that is exactly what I planned to do when I came here. Whatever I've been doing, I'm going to do for this new church. I was excited about it. I mean, I was in my mid-50s when Rich, well, early 50s, when Rich offered this class. And honestly, if I'm completely honest, I went into this class going, I really don't think there's anything new. I'm going to learn from this class. I've been taking assessments for like 30 years between my job and my church experience. I knew I was an ENFP. I know I'm an ID on the DIST system. I knew I was a sanguine personality. I thought I knew all my spiritual gifts. I was an encourager, an exhorter, a worshiper. I have some prophetic giftings. But I learned a lot at that shape class. I learned the Enneagram. That shifted my life significantly. Helped me understand people better. Boy, did it help me understand myself better. But I got to tell you, when the the most wrecking moment, um, we were using paper, right? You guys had like fancy computerized things. Mickey was showing me his gifts on on his cell phone. But we were using paper. And when we finally got the results and I turned the page to see what my number one gifting was, I knew what it would be. Exhorter. Encourager. That's, That's like the thing I love to do. That is not what it said. My heart's racing just thinking about it. It said pastor. And I went, well, I did not sign on for this. Like, I have no idea what that means. And I, yeah. So, um, you know, Rich and I met, and uh, he said, what do you need to make it happen? I was like, education? Not training? I, I thought I would retire at a ripe old age from the, the school where I taught and just, you know, sit and do my thing until Jesus came. I was shocked. I was confused. But somehow, I was stoked. Like, at my age, God had something brand new for me to do? That was kind of exciting. And then people started encouraging me by pointing out that I had been pastoring college students for a good chunk of my life. Sometimes we can't see what God's doing in our lives until we do something like a shape class. So the next time he offers it, if you haven't taken it, I highly recommend it. It might completely turn your life upside down. See, life in God's kingdom is not static. You know, things are always changing and growing and transforming as we give our lives to serve God. But God isn't a boss, right? He isn't randomly handing out assignments and telling us to suck it up and do the things he's called us to do no matter what the cost in our lives. I have a friend who recently went through this in his job. Boom, your job is done. This is your new job if you want it, and it's going to cost you everything in your life. And it's hard, and he's sucking it up and doing it. But this isn't who God is. He's not our taskmaster. God is our father. God loves to take his kids on good adventures. He knows who he's made us to be and the gifts he's given us to do his kingdom business on the earth. And he knows how to shape us to do what he's planned for us. But the shape God is most interested in transforming us into is the shape that is the image of his son, Jesus. The Apostle Paul told the church in Rome, God predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. Now that 
is a real shape changer. And that's what kingdom life is about. It's about becoming more like Jesus. And we can serve then out of that reality with the gifts that God has given us. <laughs> my college freshman would always say in my formation class, I just want to know what God's will is for my life. And I'd say, oh, well, that's easy. I can tell you what God's will is for your life. And they're like, what do you mean? I said, his will is that you be transformed into the image of his son. And they'd roll their eyes at me because they weren't asking for that. They were asking for, what's my shape, right? What are my gifts? What's my calling? But see, sometimes they were overly focused on that. Focused on knowing their gifts more than knowing the giver of those gifts. They wanted to do, but they weren't always so interested in being. I've had moments like that. Moments where my gifting became my identity. Am I alone here? Anyone else dealt with that? Right? So hungry to belong. So hungry to, to have a purpose. You see, the danger of learning our giftings, as we've been doing in this class, is that we can be tempted to build our identity upon those gifts. Look at it this way. When we get a gift of a new bike, right, or a piece of jewelry, or a new computer, or some technology, we don't become a new bike, or a new piece of jewelry, or a computer. We use those gifts we've been given for the purposes the giver intended. And when the giver loves us and knows us and delights in giving the gifts because he knows we're going to enjoy using them, it can actually draw us closer to the giver. This Christmas, under the Christmas tree, hidden behind the, the stump of the tree, was a little black box from my husband with a ribbon on it. And I picked it up and I went, oh, you got me a little black box. And he said, I did. It's been a little while since I've given you a little black box. So I want to show you my new little black box. Aren't they pretty? Uh, so my husband knows I love sparkly pretty things. And he just had it in him this year to buy me sparkly pretty things. But I'll tell you what, these are beautiful. I love them. They're beautiful. He did a good job. But what it did for my heart toward him was kind of amazing. Take note, husbands. <laughs> Find out what your wife really likes. No, seriously, it, it, it made me recognize that he saw me as someone he wanted to put jewels on. It did something in my love for him. And it drew me closer to him. And we, I just looked at him for like five minutes like, oh. This is really important. When we get gifts from one who loves us, it really could draw us closer to the giver of the gifts. But if we make our gifts into our identity, we can really get off track. What if it's not so much that I'm a pastor teacher, but more that God has gifted me to walk lovingly and honestly with God's people to teach, equip, and care for them? I mean, that's what a pastor's role is. Maybe I'm not so much a worship leader, but one whom God has equipped to help others fully worship God. Maybe I'm not so much a prophet, but rather that God has gifted me with some prophetic insight and wisdom to take into, into 
his people to comfort and strengthen and encourage and help. That's what gifts are for, not to give us an identity. Now, sometimes giftings will, will grow and God just keeps using them and we end up in a role, whether or not we planned on it, right? So we end up in a role, but roles often come with titles, and titles can be very tricky for the human heart. We're all seeking our significance through something, especially if we're young or we're hurting. We've been injured. We've been wounded. We want to show that we have some kind of value. But if we seek our identity or our significance in the wrong places, like our ministries, our roles, we can really get off track. The ethos of the world has programmed us to find our identity through what we do what our gifts are. I mean, when you go to a party, does anyone come up to you and say, hello, who are you? Sometimes, maybe. But most of the things we hear is, what do you do? And our identity comes out of what we do. Jesus has a much better way. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that um, you have a better way, that our gifts are sweet because they've come from you. Help us to put our eyes on the giver, and be grateful for the gifts. And Lord, we, we do lift up our, our friends, our Pastor Rich and, and Liam, and we pray that your giftings would flow through them and that they would keep their eyes on you as the source of everything that they need while they're there. Would you bring them home safely to us and prosper the work they're doing and protect their families? In Jesus' name, amen. So today's sermon title is, We Are More Than Our Gifts. Something a friend of mine said to me this week. I was very grateful to hear it. It's very exciting to discover what we're shaped to do, how God has gifted us to serve his kingdom from now until forever. But God has always wanted this, right? He's always wanted his kids to rule and reign over creation. That's why he created Adam and Eve in the first place, to expand his kingdom through his kids who are made in his image, who are being transformed and healed into the person he already sees us to be. Does that make sense? He already knows what he wants us to be. Children who justly and mercifully love his creation and bring his rule and his reign to the earth because we are deeply loved by him and we can easily love when we are deeply loved. It's not so easy to love if you're not deeply loved. But when you know you're deeply loved, that love can flow out. But the danger for us is when our desires and significance and, and desire for significance take us down slippery paths. We can start to think that the gifts are inherently ours for our ministry, which might start out okay, but can quickly turn into something that serves ourselves rather than God. Anyone ever run across somebody like this? Anyone ever, ever been in that position? Where the ministry, <laughs> thank you for raising your hand, that was lovely where our need for our own validity importance is more important than serving God. We've got to watch this. Many ministers have been destroyed by this and have destroyed others in their path. Churches have been closed because of this, because someone cannot hear from community because they alone know. Yeah? 
I've walked through this with leaders and churches have closed and people have even died over this kind of thing. I don't need to cite examples. The news takes care of it for us. The Apostle James puts it this way. Each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from where? Above. Let's read that together. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. If we focus on our gifts more than the giver, we can get really messed up. I have been susceptible to this. When I was a kid, I was so in need of validity. You know, my older brothers and sisters were kind of rough on me. And I needed to know I had a reason to live. I remember being in 14 organizations. I would count them on my fingers of theater and music and Girl Scouts and whatever, 14 of them. And I prided myself on this. Like the person who has so many keys on their ring, you know, they feel really important. When I was a young artist, making my way, I had seven jobs, and every gig I got validated that I was gifted and worth something. When I became a Christian, people started prophesying over my life, speaking out my gifts. Now I've arrived. I've got these gifts. And I went to my new pastor, and I told him, these are the things that have been spoken over my life. What do I do with them? And that very wise man said, hmm, why don't you go to the Bible and see what the purpose of all those gifts are? Which I did. Nowhere in the Bible did it say they were going to make me important. What it said is they were for the service of the body. I needed that. See, in, in the best moments of whether I was teaching or I was singing or I was in church, the best moments are not in the title or how I was appearing. The best moments was in the doing, the actual doing with God. When I focused on connecting to God and using the gifts God gave me, I had the time of my life and kingdom life entered into those projects. But in other instances, when I would focus on the identity that came from the things I was doing to try to show people that I had validity, no kingdom life was in those moments. And to be honest with you, I knew something was rotten inside of me when I would act out of that. I could feel it. Author Brendan Manning in this book, Abba's Child, if you've never read this book, I highly, highly encourage you to read it, especially if you have issues dealing with identity and knowing you're loved by God. This is a fantastic book, very classic book. He calls this version of ourselves, the one that needs to show that we're valuable, he calls it the imposter. And he said all of us have an imposter living inside of us. And the imposter vies for importance, right? That for, for, valid, for validity. The, the imposter wants visibility. 
where the authentic self has no need of it because God alone suffices. And the imposter, you know, it, it thrived in me, especially wearing all the multiple hats. When I started doing this role with all the different components of the job, it was challenging and it was sometimes scary. And that imposter would show up more than I really wanted him to. Because I felt like I had to pretend to do the things I had no idea how to do. And remember, wearing a lot of hats has always been my jam, right? I love having a bunch of hats and, and responsibilities. But even over the summer, we had a prophet come, a, a man who's really gifted in prophecy, and he's taken on this role, and he's come to encourage our leadership. And the word I got from him was, huh, Teresa, you wear a lot of hats in this church. You're a little bit of this, a little bit of that, not fully that, a little bit of this. And I'm like, uh-huh. I'm like, and I was so ready for him to go, but God is taking you here. And he did not say that. He said, God wants you to know there's grace for all the hats. Just keep wearing them. And I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. It was not what I was hoping for. Now, you know, six months have passed, and it's December, November, and I'm like, Maybe now is the time God will take off all those hats. You know, I've been wearing them for six more months. I'm going to ask God again, can you please take off all these hats and just focus me on one thing? Because it's kind of exhausting to do like a bunch of different things. I just want one thing to focus on, Lord. And honestly, we have this little secret self that only God knows. You know, we've got our private self, our public self, but there's this little secret self and God knew that really what I was asking for was a title. I wanted an identity so that I could stop being so divided and just be that thing. There was my imposter asking God for an identity again. So I got quiet and I listened, waiting for him to give me my identity feeling like it was time. And I heard God's voice so clearly, and I don't always hear it this clearly, but this was crystal clear. And he said to me, do you know who you are? And I said, no, God, tell me, who am I? And he said, you are mine, and that is enough. You are mine, and that is enough. I was a bit shocked, but it was inescapable. See, he didn't want my identity to come from a gifting or a title or a responsibility. As my friend said, we are much more than our gifts. But God actually did give me a focus. He answered my prayer. The focus he gave me, and the one thing I want you guys to take home with you, if you can remember one thing from this sermon, is that my identity comes from being his. Your identity comes from being his. And that is enough. And that focus he gave me is reshaping the way I see things. Gifts are important because they enable us to do what he's called us to do and to bring his kingdom rule and reign on the earth. But they are not who we are. And if we lose those gifts, 
or they don't continue working like we expect. God doesn't pull the gifts back, right? But if we are brought into a new era of our life where that gift is maybe not going to be used so much anymore or used in a different way, we can get off track if we, if we lose our perspective. We are more than our gifts. We are God's kids. Recently, I was given a medical diagnosis regarding my voice that was really quite alarming. I was really embarrassed and worried because I use my voice a lot, right? And it was embarrassing and worrying to even share this with other musicians in my life because I was scared I'd get judged. But as I read this book and I learned about Jesus' authenticity and how he never hid who he was and that the imposter hides and Jesus doesn't, and if I'm going to walk into my identity as God's child and that is enough, then I need to just stop hiding this. For 15 years I've been dealing with a diagnosis that's been troubling enough, but recently I got a second one that was even scarier. I don't know what's going to happen. My voice may change. It may not. God may heal me. I don't know. I don't even know what next week looks like because it's brand new. But I knew I had to share it with my friends on the worship team because hiding was living as the imposter. So I crafted a letter and I wept my way through it because it finally broke the wall I was hiding behind. And I had to trust that I could live as his child, trusting that he would be enough to walk through whatever this next season in my life. And I'll tell you what, these people are amazing humans, amazing followers of Jesus. The support that I got from that letter overwhelmed me. One person shared a vision the Lord gave him while he was praying, which really stabilized me. Another friend reminded me that this could crush me or simply press me and shape me into whatever God has for this next season of life, allowing God to humbly reshape me. Thank you, sweetie, I have some. <laughs> I expected this might happen. Plus, worship wrecked me, so I've been crying ever since. God is faithful, and he's good. And whatever you're going through, he's going to walk you through it. But we have to keep our eyes on him. It's not about what's going on inside of us. He's the answer. He's the answer. I'm very glad I could trust my friends with this distressing news, and I feel supported. And now I'm trusting you with it, too. There's freedom when we live out of just being God's kid, when we let all the rest of it go. Because things can change in our lives. Bing is experiencing that, right? His whole family. Things can change. But one thing that never changes is that our identity comes from being God's own child. Would you say that with me? Our identity comes from being God's own child. Let's look at what God said through the prophet Isaiah in chapter 43. He said, do not be afraid. I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name and you are mine. You are precious in my eyes because you are honored 
and I love you. This is what God says to his people. It's who we are. Our belonging and identity comes from our adoption into God's family, not from what we do or what we're called. We live out of our belovedness. The Father is the perfect Father, and being his is enough. Everything else flows out of that, guys. You young folks over here, you sweet, wonderful adolescents, there's a plan for your life. And God knows what it is. But it comes through knowing him as your dad who loves you. Manning says we can live as the imposter or we can live as Abba's child because that's how Jesus lived. You know, as a matter of fact, before Jesus had even started his ministry, when he was baptized and the Holy Spirit appeared with a, like a dove over his head and God spoke from the heavens, he did not speak Jesus's giftings. He did not say, this is your redeemer. This is your savior. This is your teacher, pastor. Listen to him. This man is prophetic. He is compassionate and merciful. That is not what, Jesus, what God spoke over Jesus at the beginning of his ministry. What did he say? This is my beloved. Say it again. This is my beloved in whom I am well pleased. And the Amplified Version adds, and delighted. Do you know God delights in you? God delights in his kids. Just the way the Zach and Laura are, are delighting over their new little baby and their little girls. We delight over little kids, don't we? They're wonderful. And more than anything, Jesus lived as Abba's child. When he died for us and he paid the penalty for all our sins, he did it because his father wanted sons and daughters, not slaves. And if you have never invited Jesus into your life so that you can be one of God's sons or daughters, I would love to help you get there if you'd like to be a part of the family. He's, he's always got his arms open to us, always. But this identity thing, you know, even Jesus' own disciples wrestled with it. Do you remember in some of the stories you hear them, hey, who gets to lead? And who gets to sit next to you on your throne? Right? When, when you go to your heavenly kingdom, can my son sit next to you on the throne? This happened in his day. I mean, let's look at the book of Matthew. And Manning wrote, whenever the disciples got full of themselves, Jesus brought a child into their midst. I love that. So in Matthew, it says, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of God? Do you think they really wanted to know they wanted to know if they were going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God. That's what I think. Anyway, Jesus called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like this little child, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. In all our shaping and transforming, this might be the most significant change we need. Unless you change and become like little children, what are they like? Think about the good side. 
They're beloved. They're treasured. They're vulnerable. They're totally dependent. They're honest. He says, unless you, can you leave that up, please? Gabe, thanks. Unless you change and become, go back one, sweetie. There it is. Unless you change and become like little children, you won't even enter the kingdom. <laughs> you won't even get in because the only people allowed in the kingdom are God's kids. Not the self-importance. God's kids. That's who he wants. He wants a family of kids. Our identity comes from being God's own child. And he affirms it over and over as we press into that. Let's go to the next scripture. Romans 8. There you go. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So that's all we have to do. Be led by his spirit. Look to him. You've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit, God's own spirit, when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's kids. Let's look at the next one. In 1 John, John called himself the beloved. He knew he was loved by God. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world doesn't know us is that it didn't know him. But dear friends, we are now children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know when Christ does appear, we'll be like him for we shall see him as he is. You can skip the next slides, Gabe. I'm going to not do those, okay? We are his kids, and the more we look to him, the more we look like him. The more we look to him, the more we look like him. As we focus our attention on the Father, living out of our belonging we start to reflect who he is to each other. You can take that down, sweetie. Thank you. Do you remember what happened to Moses when he went up on Mount Sinai to meet face-to-face -face with God? What happened? He shone, right? How did that happen? Because he was focusing on God. God reflected his glory back on Moses. When he walked off that mountain, he was shining with the glory of God. Psalm 34 says, those who look to God are radiant and their faces are never covered in shame. Not yet, sweetie. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be uh, two more. As we contemplate the Lord's glory, it says in Corinthians, the Holy Spirit transforms us, transforms us. As we look at God, the Holy Spirit transforms us into his image with ever-increasing glory. The more we worship and adore him and set him right before us, we become like him. And that becomes transformational. And all transformation is missional. Because as we become more like God, people are drawn to him if they're looking for him, right? We become a sweet-smelling uh, fragrance 
for those who are seeking God. We become like a magnet. People want to know more about God because of what we're reflecting from being in his presence. Have you ever been around somebody who just spends hours in God's presence? You can almost feel it radiating off of them. And I want more. You know, I'm like, I got to go do that, Lord. Because they, I can feel you on them. When our eyes are fixed on him, he shines his light through us to others. The last scripture I'm going to share with you today is Psalm 40, verse 2 and 3. It's one of my favorites because I feel like it's my, one of my life verses. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock, gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Why? because of what he did in my life. Because as I put my eyes on him, he pulls me up, sets me down, and he pours himself into us. And people see it. I have a friend a few years ago, she said to me, a childhood friend, she's known me since fifth grade, and she said to me, you know, my ex-husband became a Christian recently. And there's something completely different about him. And it's the same thing I see on you. And I'm like, okay, what is it? And she said, it's joy. And I want it. How do I get it? And I got to lead her to Jesus. I know, it was pretty cool. Our identity and our worth comes from being God's child. Now, this missional idea of our identity being transformational is what Alpha is all about. So Elijah was talking about Alpha earlier, that we are going to be offering next week a taste of Alpha in our church outside the box. How many of you have never heard of Alpha? You don't know what it is. Raise your hand, please. Thank you. Thank you for being honest. Okay. Alpha is a course that churches put on to help people ask honest questions about Christianity. So if you're exploring Christianity and you're here and you haven't really signed on, you don't really get it, this is, this is for you. If you have friends who've been asking you questions about God and you don't feel like you have all the answers or a place for them to really openly discuss it, this is for you to invite them to. And it's set up so that there's a dinner and you, you go to someone's home and you get a free meal. Thank you for putting that up. You get a free meal, which is great. You don't have to cook that week or that day of the week. And then there's a video. And the video simply puts topics out. And then they discuss. They're not talked to. They're not talked about. There's an open discussion of honest wrestling with what they saw in the video. Countless people have come into relationship with God through Alpha. So if this is something that you're kind of curious about, next Sunday in Church Outside the Box, we're going to do a little one. So we're, instead of having dinner, we're going to have breakfast. So come hungry. We have a beautiful breakfast planned, and we're going to sample what it is to do Alpha. So if you have friends that you might feel like maybe they don't want to go into someone's home, but they'd come here, then bring them next Sunday. Or if they wouldn't come here, but they might go into someone's home, you can bring them starting on February 7th. Um, Rich and Jess are going to host it. I think it's at Linda's house. No, somebody's house <laughs> in King of Prussia. <laughs> 
Okay. In any case, oh, it's at your house. Yes, yes, there you go. So um, it's going to be a wonderful uh, experience, wonderful opportunity. So be in prayer about who you might want to, to bring. Okay? All right. Well, this is what I have for you today. We're going to take a moment and just let the Holy Spirit bring the reality of what it is to be God's kids to our minds. So let's just be silent for a moment, and then we'll take communion together. If you want to grab the elements now off the white tables between you as you just give the Holy Spirit a few minutes to talk to you.